Headley is our Trojan horse that sneaks us deep into your minds. He sponsors this show. Kathy. Uh-huh. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is our 11th time attempting to restart this show. Quick, say something brilliant about baboons and, and bananas and, and ice cream. Oh, my God. Now I want an ice cream sundae. Now you got me hungry, too. I want to head over to Baskin-Robbins. Oh, my God. Could we get, like, could you imagine if we had 50 fake licenses that each had a different day of the year and we could just go in and get that free ice cream? At Baskin we could Robbins. hit every Baskin Robbins in Southern California. I wonder if they're linked. I doubt it. That would be These amazing. Baskin Robbins. <laughs> We'd be like the Baskin Robin bandits. <laughs> Just going in. But oh, wow. within the end of the year, we'd both be like 1,100 pounds each. And we'd be all here for my free ice cream. This is what happens when we record hungry. <laughs> it's true. All right, fine. Let's start a show. The show you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. That means you don't have to listen to it. But if you're curious, here we go. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? The scared that your desires might be strange? The Come and join our kinky world of play. The Birdie Podcast. Hello, and finally, after 740 attempts, welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the ever crumbling, in Kathy and Mai's case, human mind. Oh my God, recording tonight. 45 minutes late after several tries on Zencaster, and Boogie's mind is turning into oatmeal, so we better get going. I'm Kathy. I am. I am cream of wheat, Boogie, and Kathy, I am so glad <laughs> that we are finally rolling, because I did have a bunch <sighs> of fun stuff to talk about. Have you done anything interesting this week? I don't know that I could call it interesting, but it has... I will be interesting, but it's not the kind of interesting you you think about. It has been interesting because my therapy has been advancing and we've been having a few uncomfortable uh, but necessary breakthroughs. So in that regard, it was a very interesting week. Okay, good, good. And I'm assuming you don't want to share any of those breakthroughs. Well, they're rather embarrassing and have to do with the inner child and all this nonsense. And oh, like, yeah. Oh, I, I can barely talk about it to my therapist, let alone to the general public. There, And we have touched on inner child stuff because I've gone through a lot of inner child stuff as well. Maybe uh, maybe down the road when, we're, when we've taken down some of our brick walls. <laughs> See, it's a little, mm-hmm. little precursor to the uh, thing we're going to say. And, uh, yeah. So uh, it's also funny that you should say that I started therapy again today back with Hathor. Mm -hmm. Hathor has returned. And not only that, but this time I actually met my therapist. This is the first time. Yes. Well, the year that or however long we did therapy before it was on the phone. And uh, and so I went back to Hathor for a different type of therapy. Like I said, we stopped doing therapy because she's not as analytical 
that I wanted at the time. And she's, but she's a fantastic cheerleader and she's organized and she's really good at explaining things and whatever. So now I kind of, I need that. That's what I need. I need to make a plan so I can, you know, not be homeless and, and whatever. And she's really helpful with that. And so, so I said, well, I've tried all these other avenues and, and this is somebody that I trust and she's really, really smart and really fun to talk to. So I said, oh, let's go to this. So I had to go in. But what was funny, Kathy, I think, I don't know if I'm old or what, but it's just weird because the forms that they make you fill out, I don't know if they're just getting stupider and stupider, but I'm like, what? I, you know, like I was at the optometrist that other time and I told you, they're like, what's your sexual orientation? Like, I'm like, what, like do trans and gay have different eyesight than me? Like, what does that matter? And then today it was weird. There was stuff like, they're like, how do you support yourself? I put my legs Uh. and they thought that was funny. And then they're like, then they're like, what's your relationship status? And I'm just all, Ew, e e e w w w, and I was like, "That's stupid." And then it's like, in case of emergency, contact. And I'm like, nine one one. Like, do, should I have to tell these people that? Oh, boogie! Tell me you didn't write that stuff down. I wrote all of that. But you're supposed to be serious. This is a psych <laughs> form for crying out loud. <laughs> Come on, how do you support yourself? My legs. I thought that was good. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> they just look at me. They're they're like, you need to be here. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what's going through their minds. They did laugh at the ew because it was really long. It's our relationship. I'm like, ew, no more of that. No more of that. I've done my time. Oh, mm-hmm. Kathy, but it was good to talk to Hathor and it was really good and she's pretty, so of course I like that. And uh even though I didn't see her face, but it was funny because we're both in masks. And she's talking to me and she's saying like serious stuff, but her mask creased in a way that she looked like a Muppet with giant lips. <laughs> so she's like trying to say something like all serious and her mouth's like. Rah, 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 rah. Oh, boogie. I can't take anything seriously, Kathy. It's been a rough I'm time. I'm starting to realize but that. But I am back in therapy. I think well, that's this is a good thing. I think that's the good thing, Kathy. Y- yes, let's focus on that. That's the good part. Let's focus on that. Fed life is the place where unicorns play, but then they fuck each other in the ass with their horns because that's the kind of freaky shit that happens on Fed Life. All right, this time you went trolling on uh, Fed Life for stuff. I did. You found a good one from Homegrown Honey. Can I just say? That's the best name I've heard in a long freaking time. Yeah. Homegrown. She's a homegrown honey. Mm-mm. You got to say it with an accent. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. All right. She wrote a uh, very uh, apropos post entitled Bricks, in which she says, We stand behind our walls for so very long. With each letdown, each betrayal, each vulnerability, we build them higher more secure. We had razor wire and landmines. We make it impossible to penetrate the walls. But once in a great while, we get the courage to peek out. We find strength to open the door for someone to enter. 
Sometimes that's okay and it's all well that ends well, but sometimes we get hurt and so we reinforce the wall. I've been holding my wall firm like a fortress for four years. That was the last time I let someone through. While I was out in the sunlight for a moment, it was warm and inviting. I felt alive outside of my wall, free, excited for what the future could be. But it's too much. I can't handle the overwhelming feelings of living outside of my wall. So I'm locking my door again. Maybe in another few years, I'll find courage to peek out again. Maybe I'll invite someone of worth into my fortress. But not today. Today, I return to my safe space. Today, I put more bricks in my wall. Ah. Another brick in the wall. Another brick in the wall. Oh, it all is just another brick in the wall. Hey, teacher, teacher. Leave those kids alone. See, that's where I got my Kathy from, is from that song, actually. Hey, really? Kathy. Oh, my God. Teacher. Teacher. <laughs> Normally, I think I'm going to take, I am, uh, of course, you know, at the end, I'm going to try to be all like super move forward and you know get strong and shit again like i usually do but i really want to focus my first thought (laughs) on how amazing it is to have a defense system of building your brick wall i'm not going to trash the brick wall i'm not going to trash the fortress, the bobbed wire, all those little X things, the tank stoppers from World War II, um, you know, whatever you can put in place to buy yourself some time to heal. I am pro brick wall. I am very uh, pro brick I, wall. Uh, I'm loving the brick wall. Yes, I you are. You are anything brick, wrong? You with are it. brick walling. <laughs> you are. You are six pound balling brick walling. <laughs> it's true hey man you um th- emotional pain uh, is just as harmful as physical pain and everybody has their own level of stability mental health stability and everybody has a line beyond which they be they start to shut down everyone's is different but we all have them i really don't think it's possible to be out there and in the world and not have emotionally traumatic things happen to you. And when they do, you have to build up that wall. There's no way for you to heal. It's, it's, it's the same as if you, if you break your leg or you get really sick, you, you close ranks around you. Those who love you are there to help you. You stay in your home until you're healed and ready to go out. Uh, This principle is everywhere. That's literally what your skin is, the largest organ in the body. It protects you from infection. It protects every part of you. It is the wall behind which all of your organs lie, So, or vital organs, I should say. And so this is no, your mental health and your emotional health is no different in my opinion. How long you stay in that wall, hey, behind that wall, that's entirely up to you to decide and and you, anybody looking from the outside it can say that's healthy or that's not healthy, but only the person behind that wall can decide. And sometimes, why is it such a bad fucking thing for you to spend so long behind that wall? If you're happy, if you're healthy, if you're being productive, if you are taking care of yourself, it's not such a bad thing to stay there for a significant amount of time. 
That's my opinion. I'm, you know what, everyone, and we've talked about tempos of recovery and different minds have to recover at different tempos because that's just all of our minds are slightly different. There may be some uh, archetypes of people that maybe heal a little bit quicker or whatever, but we also have to decide, is there a difference between healing and denial? Like what is actual healing? You know, you know, cause some people maybe can bounce back and then they just build up a bunch of defenses around them. And then they just, you know, go out there, you know, like a raging bull, but they haven't actually healed because you can't really heal mentally without reflection. And that's what I'm going through right now is that, uh-huh. you know, I'm out, you know, and I'm, you know, dealing with trying to deal with life and, and handle it, but I'm not stopping to heal. And, and that healing requires reflection. And that's why I started therapy again, because that fortress if you're running forward, if you're in that fight or flight, if you're constantly fighting and having to protect yourself, there's no time for reflection because your your mind defaults to survival in that fight or flight. And if you don't have the ability to ever shut that off, you're never going to have a clear enough mind to reflect. And that's kind of the whole idea of taking that step back after you get out of a relationship or after you have a, you know, a big trauma in your life or a big disappointment or career change that didn't go well or whatever. You have to have that time of reflection. And really, the only way you can do that is if you have some sort of safe space. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's being behind the wall is exactly what that is. It's a safe space. And, um, you know, I, I get what you're saying. The, there came a time. I mean, it's been it's been almost a year. I think we're a few, a couple of weeks shy of a year since um, create, since the ex broke up with me. Right. Look how long it's fucking taken me. And and I. And and even then, then we had something else happen in my family that, that fucked me up even more. But I would still be where I, and, and what have I been doing this whole time? I've been reflecting. I've been licking my wounds. I've been trying to shore up my defenses. I've been trying to uh, puff up my self-esteem and, and make myself feel better. None of that stuff happens while you're out partying all night. Right. <laughs> It happens in quiet moments. It happens when I journal. It happens when I, I talk to my therapist, when I sit across the table from Sunday morning breakfast uh, for my sister and we talk. And it happens in quiet, safe spaces. And quiet, safe spaces require those walls. I don't think that there's any way around that. Yeah, I think you also touched on the difference between distraction and reflection. And you can turn to another drug, another video game, another uh, crutch or fix. Um and but that's not going to prepare you for the next onslaught, which inevitably in life, there's going to be these onslaughts. There are crocodiles and lions and things that would eat you all over the place mentally. And if you are not reflecting and learning how to deal with it, if you're just distracting, then you're going to wander into the same fucking creek again. That's loaded with crocodiles. You're going to go down and try to drink from the same water. You're going to do the same thing and it's going to be the same result. So spending that time and reflecting like you're doing is the only way you're ever going to be able to even hope 
to come out of that wall. It's true, but I also I see I do see your point that um, you can't stay there too long. It was it's the reason why a couple of months ago I decided to have a get together with some friends here at my house right. because I was almost. I wasn't really forcing myself, but I was very reluctant to do so. And when, when I was looking at all the reasons that I could versus all the reasons that I shouldn't, I found that there weren't that many reasons that I shouldn't. And so why was I not doing it? And I found to my shock that I was very complacent. I I, I just wanted to stay here. I didn't want to put myself out there, even with friends that I, that I knew and trusted. And so th- that's when I realized okay, something's up here. And that gave me the impetus to move forward and say, uh, you have to do this um, because you're starting to get too comfortable where you are. Absolutely. I have like a whole section of notes because it is, (laughs) you are a perfect example of that. And I commend you. And I'm, I was totally proud when I heard you take that risk just to have those, those luncheon dinners with some friends coming over on your terms. You brought them into your territory where you felt um, safe enough to do that. And right. that's, you know, those are the steps that you take to get out because just like you said, it is absolutely true. You can convince yourself that living inside of that fortress is your happiness. You can actually, you know, cause we're territorial creatures. So you give us a territory once we make it survivable and there's softer edges all around, then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, this is actually, this is good. I can just stay here. But at some point, what happens is years of your life have now gone by, which I've found in my case. And you're like, I'm, I'm not really happy. I'm not really living life. I'm literally just wasting every day of my life that goes by. And it doesn't mean that I don't take as much time as I need to heal and recover. But at some point, you have to decide. And this is where I joke, um, my my favorite band, Led Zeppelin, some of you know, I don't have a lot of favorites, but I got to say Led Zeppelin was my favorite band of all time. And the, <laughs> the the lead singer, Robert Plant, had a tragedy in 1977 when his 10-year-old son died of a heart condition. And yeah. obviously that was devastating for him. They had to leave tour and all that stuff. And he was talking to another musician who had gone through a big loss. And he said, at some point, you have to rejoin life. That was the quote. And that meant a lot to me because I realized that a lot of times that I'm so busy trying to protect myself from the next onslaught that I'm not putting in that time to get to where I can rejoin life because there's a lot of life out there. There's a lot of experiences. There's a lot of adventures. There's a lot of, yes, great potential relationships and friendships and explorations. And if I spend my whole life trying to just be as safe as possible, then haven't I already kind of died? Right. Oh, Boogie. It's a tough call to decide where you are on that line. It's a tough call to say, I should stay back here or I should move forward. It's time or no, it's not time. Um, I'm afraid I can't offer more advice beyond that, honestly, because it's not a, a, a clearly defined state where you say now is the time or no, now I need to stay here. Sure. Uh, you have to be, I think, super vigilant. 
to figure out where, where that moment, where the tipping point is. Well, I believe if you haven't had any reflection time and you haven't done any of that inner work, you're probably not ready to go outside of the wall. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say, you're just going to go, oh, well, they said we should, I should just go back outside. And you're just like, chomp, chomp, chomp. There's your leg and your head's been ripped off. No, you, the, the, the step before, like you did, I think it's just a great example how you approach this is you reflected, you retreated, you protected yourself, you put yourself in a place where you didn't have all of that onslaught. And then you reflected and then you were able to make those decisions. So I think your path is probably, I would say, the most recommended. I mean, people can do all sorts of things, but I think reflection, safety, reflection, and then maybe try to go rejoin life a little bit. Okay, I suppose I will. You're good. And part of that is letting me finger you. You know, I don't think that's right. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I don't think that that's part of the proceed, the proper procedure. You, I, I think I saw it when I was at Hathor's office. I looked through the DSM-5, and I think it said uh-huh, uh-huh. part of uh, breaking down walls is letting Count Boogie finger you, I think. is. Is that in the chapter called Bro Finger? That's right. The bro Finger <laughs> chapter. Come on. Wow, the DSM-5 has a chapter called Bro Finger. <laughs> the therapeutic and psychological effects of Bro Finger. And for those of you who are new that have not experienced the magic, which is the discussion of Bro Finger, Bro Finger is when you have a friend that's not getting laid and... Uh, you know, she just needs a helping hand. You know, she doesn't want a connection. She doesn't want sex. She just needs bro finger. You're like, hey, bro. You know, you put you a, know what? Put a towel over your head so you don't see my face. <laughs> just do the job. You know what would be hysterical? I think that your head would explode if I were ever to take you up on that and go, hey, Boogie, I think I'm ready for bro finger. You'd be like, oh, 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 wait, wait, I didn't mean it really. No way. No way, bro. <laughs> yes, you would. I'd be all, I got my surgical gloves and some uh, chognampa <laughs> so incense right here. I'm going to come over. I'm going to light that incense in your room and I'm going to be all, hey, baby, just lay down. Just lie. Down. No, you're you t- a liar. Well, you know, talk is cheap. You can say that. Watch me show up. I you will, are cheap. I will. So- I am fucking cheap. Jesus Christ. You call it frugal when you're homeless. But I thrifty. Will- thrifty. He's so thrifty. Jesus Christ. He's a penny pinching old miser. Yeah. Well, guess what. We are old, and our socks have mold. We are bold, and our hearts are cold. We've been told that these years are gold, but we know that they're not so fucking... Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to take this from you. Just because you're a fucking chicken in regards to Brofinger, I dare you to challenge me. I am. I admit fully that the, I that's I am a total fucking coward. I will never cross that line with you. <laughs> you know I'll kick in that door. I got a fresh bite. Bam! I'm here, bitch! I'm here. I just fucking do the doctor snap of my gloves. There is my patient. 
<laughs> there she is. That, that's what I wanted, a German doctor and some little Nazi play happening <laughs> there. Oh, look at yours. It's very good vagina. Your labia is very friendly. Hello, labia. I make you smile, yeah? Slap, slap, slap. <laughs> Are you feeling aroused yet, young mind Freuland? Yeah? Take the kleines Fickstuck. We're totally mixing all this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. Sexy with a scalpel. Half girl cuts up body parts. If you choose to fuck with her, it might not be that smart. Path girl. Path girl. Rocking hard path girl. How are you doing, Path girl? I am doing awesome. How are you doing? It's a it's an amazing it's an amazing time here in the Burbank Library. Ah. Uh, there's joy. There's crazy people. There's muttering. There's QAnon conspiracies and all sorts of amazing. <laughs> someone did that. Someone got pissed off the other day at someone for whatever reason. He's like, oh, "Goddamn Democratic pedophiles!" <laughs> just, and I'm like, "Whoa! I'm just gonna move <laughs> over here." Yeah, just gonna, probably good idea. Just gonna move. <laughs> so, any uh, any play or any sexiness going on or in the works? What's going on? Um, I know you're blowing us out for a date. That's why I had to get in here early today. Yeah, I had to reschedule some stuff, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, have not played the last two weeks. I am going to the dungeon on Saturday to uh, have a scene with Doc, but I've actually been doing vanilla stuff lately. I just got back from a trip with my son to Universal Orlando. Oh, yeah, that's right. How was you went to like uh, Harry Potter land? Yes, yes. This was my son. My son's born in December. So this was a belated 16th birthday. But also, he got screwed out of his 15th birthday because of the pandemic and his middle school graduation. This was a combo like two birthdays and your graduation trip because it was very expensive. But it was absolutely amazing. I, I literally walked into Diagon Alley. It's all the way at the end of one of the parks, and it was just like I almost cried. It is just so stunningly beautiful. The attention to detail that these people have put into the sets. I mean, you walk into the wand shop to pick up your wands, and it's not a painted wall of boxes. It's actually boxes going from floor to ceiling. It's like somebody sat and made all these boxes as a prop. <laughs> Some it's poor just like, motherfucking Floridian sat just, there and fold, I, folding these goddamn fucking boxes of everyone. But, and, it, it is just amazing. And then, like, they have the the dragon from uh, the last movie that's on top of the Gringotts Bank. And every 10 minutes, he blows fire. And it's just like, you see this massive prop scene. I'm like, Yo, that prop's got to be a million-dollar prop easily. And it's just like, it's so stunningly beautiful. And then, of course, you know, the little sadistic side of me. I took my son, who's uh, high-functioning autistic, but we put him on a, uh, a roller coaster <laughs> called the Velociraptor, which goes upside down four times and does a 360. <laughs> so then I said to my son as we're getting strapped in I said honey this is the one and only time that he's going to say you can say any curse word you want because I'm not going to hear it over my screaming so <laughs> did he cuss at all oh yeah he was cussing he was shit and fucking I, I could hear him but as I'm screaming I mean because especially this roller coaster you feel like you're getting lifted out of your seat a couple of times it's like almost it's scary so it's just like oh, I kept going shit fuck shit and he gets off the right he's like I am never doing that again I'm like oh you want to go again no you, oh, you want to go right now no see path girl this is <laughs> where people without children get all muffled but mm -hmm. we have to understand thank goodness for louis ck stand up that that prep the non-breeders to understand a fact 
That is that is counterintuitive to non-breeders. But you have to allow parents at some point to abuse their children. Oh, yes. Oh, to yes. do something mean and sadistic, like mm-hmm. manipulate them onto a roller coaster when you know damn well they don't want to be on a goddamn roller coaster. You have to let it go because they give yes. you hell literally for 16 years. There has to be some releasing of air from the balloon so you don't kill a child. I think it's actually healthy. <laughs> Well, he wanted to go. He was just really apprehensive and scared. He's been on other roller coasters before, but nothing this uh, severe. But, yeah, for every autistic meltdown, every time I've had to drag him by his heels into the car and calm him down, it's like, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of payback. Just a little bit. It's just like, oh. I'm just going to say, as long as there's no is there's no bruises left afterwards... Uh. I say, you're cruising for a bruising. She says, ooh, you're such a flirt. Because some girls are quite kinky, and they like it when it hurts. A mark, a bruise, a little cut, the welts from whips or canes are trophies that will make them smile and celebrate for days. Bruises, bruises, pretty, 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 pretty bruises. I made a jingle for our segment today. Okay, you had warned me previously you were working on a jingle, but and you said I'm going to make that my ringtone. I'm actually seriously thinking about it. <laughs> well, I can just give you the chorus that it just goes. Bruises, bruises, bruises pretty, 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 pretty bruises. Can you tell oh Path Girl this is one of those jingles where I'm like, I'm not going to put a lot of effort into into this jingle. We have a topic. It's, We're talking about bruises. It's still quite bruises. magical, though. It's still, in its dumbness, I think it, it, it does, <laughs> does the job. We are going to talk today about some, and we've talked about this on the show before, and right. of course we've touched on it, but um, you actually went and did some digging, and you're a big fan of the receiving end of the bruises and marks. Oh, yes, definitely. They're little badges of honor for me. Now then, we're, I have a lot of things because as as the listeners that have been around a long time know, I'm not super bruise-focused. I'm very not bruise-focused, M- mainly because most of my partners aren't big bruisers. And, uh, uh-huh. and, but also... I have other feelings about bruises and stuff, but you're a big fan of bruise. And there are a lot of people out there that actually get very sad that they don't bruise during play. Right. Uh, And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, why don't you tell me, what do these marks mean to you? I mean, bruises for me, I mean, I, I really like the next day when I'm at work or if I'm sitting in a chair, like squirming around in my seat and feeling them. they're kind of almost like marks of pride to me when I look in the mirror and kind of go, Oh my God, that's huge. And go, wow, I actually went through a really intense scene or a really intense time with somebody. And I was able to push, to push my body through it. So it's, it's a sense of accomplishment for me. And it's really, I mean, it's just, especially like if I get something on my shoulder and my bra strap falls down and then I snap it back in place and forget the bruises there. It's like, Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> so it does. So as a non masochist myself, because I'm, I'm completely not into pain. I have enough of it. Um, does it kind of reignite um, kind of some of the feelings you had in the play scene or does it 
kind of get you hot again or oh oh definitely i mean if it if it's with somebody like when i play with doc you know we're not sexually intimate so it's just kind of like i smile and go oh, yeah doc gave me that and it's kind of like you know i kind of giggle a bit and you know it does get me a little hot but especially like if it's from a, a guy that i'm in a relationship with it definitely gets me turned on i was like oh yeah my sir did that oh i might get more more of that later it's like oh yeah now <laughs> do, do they ever get you hot enough to where you masturbate touching your bruises because i've heard that before too no, but there are times when I'm walking down the halls of work, like, if, especially if I have something in the side of my thigh, I'll kind of tap on it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that feels good, you know? <laughs> nice. Nice. So now then, because you, you, I think you covered it pretty well. Uh, for the people that I've talked to, because I've played with a lot of people, and some of them are really into bruises and the marks and stuff, and I think sometimes it's for really fun reasons it's like you said a sense of celebration accomplishment you achieved a level you pushed yourself a little bit um you know just like with any sports injury or anything it's kind of like a little badge of honor in some ways but and then of course for some people it's just having that mark that you can poke and and uh you know kind of keep yourself going so you keep the play scene you know going for a few more days so so my point, I have so many, my notes are completely jumbled today because uh, <laughs> I'm kind of so on the fence with both. Like mm-hmm. if bruises happen, I'm completely okay with that. And especially if, if my partner's like, hey, I really want to be marked today because, you know, we, we know about Mew who is like literally Wolverina and <laughs> you can literally beat her with a cane to the point of it breaking for an hour and she'll get some red marks and then you fart on it and it, and it goes away. You know, it's like literally she just doesn't really mark well. And then, right. And then I've had other partners that really, really didn't mark and it was almost frustrating for them. And I was like, well, you know, we, we had the scene, you know, but they kind of wanted the little badge so they could remember it. So if somebody and and I think my main point is don't beat up on yourself if you don't bruise. And if you see pictures online of giant bruises, uh-huh. that doesn't mean that they took more than you. It just means maybe they bruise easier. There's exactly. people that you can, there's people with whatever blood issue, you can flick them and they're, they'll have just a giant purple welt. But if people do want bruises and they don't bruise easily, you had looked up some stuff about bruising. Yes. And actually, I kind of broke it down into easy stuff and and the harder stuff. So um, the easier stuff, if you want to try to get more bruising for after a scene, is either taking aspirin or alcohol before a scene. Now, obviously, risk of wear consensual kink, alcohol and aspirin are going to thin your blood. So obviously, you're going to bruise easier. However, if you have any underlying medical condition, these these can lead to problems. Also, it's not going to be, hey, I'm going to take a couple of shots of tequila or take a couple of aspirin right before a scene. And you're going to bruise immediately. Normally, you're going to have to take these about 24 hours before you're seen. Like if you take an aspirin like twice a day, you know, like within 24 hours before you're seen, you'll be more likely to bruise that way. Right. Because um, I've heard people um, like in mm-hmm. blood play when people don't bleed a lot when you cut yes. them. Because I used to have that uh, with Abyss. Um, and so she would start taking aspirin a couple days before. Not overdose. Right. You know, you don't want to get sick. Um, but just a couple aspirin a day for a couple days. And then that thin the blood a little bit. So blood thinning also helps with bruising. 
Right, and it helps if you want bruising. It sounds funny to say that if you want to get a bruise. Most in the in the non kink world, people don't necessarily because it's like funny because like when people you hear all the time when there's bruises on FetLife, people are like, "Oh, that's so pretty, that's so pretty." And it's like if you go into the non kink world, like if you get into a motorcycle accident and your seven year old dude, look at my bruiser. Oh, that looks. Oh yeah. I'm like, I think it's subjective. You know, I think it's kind of subjective that we want that. But if they do, what was the rest you were going to say? I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, no, but but it's just, and it has to be aspirin. Uh, Tylenol and Advil are not going to help you with bruising. I mean, Ad- Advil might, but Tylenol definitely is not because it's it's not a blood thinner. So that's like ibuprofen. Or exactly, a, it's yeah. a swelling, yeah. fever, swelling kind of thing. Right. Um, a shorter warm up time also can lead to more bruising. I mean, I like a good five to ten minute warm up when I'm doing a scene. If you're going to pretty much start going into a scene, uh, that could also start producing bruises more quickly. I have I have experienced that many times myself. If it's something that's more like disciplinarian, you'll yeah. know there's there's usually more marks because the skin doesn't have time to adapt and blood flow, right. or the blood leaves and doesn't coagulate or something. I don't I don't know. We need we need to. We need like super bru. We need more research into sexy bruising. Well, I have more research into sexy bruising. So okay. there you go. Um, so basically, so when I was reading up on a position is very important. A lot of people have had more uh, bruising with either like a bent over the knee spanking or a bent over the knee scene, or where somebody's on all fours because if you stretch that skin over the pelvis so it's as tight as possible, that allows it to be more easily traumatized. Also, mm-hmm. if you contract those muscles, like if you're standing at a cross, you can contract your butt cheeks. It's when you have the muscles more taut, you're more likely to bruise than if you're more relaxed. That impact's got to be spread across the skin and the soft tissue a little more easier. Oh, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Right. That absolutely right. makes That's like why drunk people get in car accidents and then just walk away from it because they're all it, loose and exactly. relaxed. And But if it's if you're tensed up, then it, it causes – you can tear it more. Oh. Yeah. Right. E- even in like uh, – my son takes karate and one of the things I taught him when you fall is you have to be relaxed when you fall. Obviously, it's, it's kind of con- counterintuitive <laughs> to say kind of be relaxed when you fall, but – the, the the less likely you are to tense up, like if you're falling and you're falling hands first, what's the thing, first thing you're going to do? Put your hands out and tense yourself up to break the fall, but that's the worst thing you can and do because you're going to your hurt yourself more. Or you're going to break your rib. Yeah. Which yeah. I have done. I was swept oh. by my friend who was a martial arts expert, and he was my webmaster, and we were goofing around, and he swept me. And even though I had martial arts, I just didn't think, and I put my hand down and jabbed my elbow and broke my own rib. Oh. Yeah. Just yes. thought I'd share that because I'm stupid. <laughs> and you know what happened after that? Mm. Bruises. Oh. Bruises. And no bruising. Pretty, 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 pretty bruises. <laughs> there was actually no bruise, just lots of fucking pain. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. here's... So if you- Go ahead. If you want to get if you want to get on with a good bruise, it's just you got to think of the physics of what's going on here. The wider the surface and the tool that you're using, the less the force is per square inch. So if the force is distributed all the way out, it's not going to cause a bruise. If you focus it with like a cane or a riding crop or even those little lollipop paddles they have, those are great for bruises or even pinching, biting. Uh, Doc loves to dig his thumbs into my where he's warmed up for and just give me those really deep bruises and I'm just sitting there fucking cursing and I'm going stop it and just oh. 
So, and if you're into construction, you could use rebar, uh, two by fours, rubber mallet, um, possibly uh, one of those uh, blacksmith anvils. You could just drop that on someone. Might get a little bruise. No? Might be a little more than a bruise there. <laughs> Actually, Please. I was reading about somebody who liked to take a pipe and cover it with a pool noodle and use it as like a really thuddy bat. And I was like, ooh, that's Oh, sure, sure, savage. sure. You can do – even if it's not a pipe, you can do that. I had those with um, uh, just wood dowels, just uh, the you know mm. the closet hangers that you get, the wood, the wood pole oh, that yeah. you hang your clothes on in a closet. If you cut that to, and surround it with cushion or whatever, it's super, that's super thuddy and bruisey. Yeah. Yeah. But now we're going to go into my little, my little bitch rant, uh, that, um, it's, if you're into bruises, that's absolutely okay. But if you're not into bruises, that's absolutely okay too. Right. And sometimes the motivation of why you want bruises is questionable to me because I'm a bitch and I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, if your bruise is the goal, then intimacy is not. Right. If, you, if the goal is is that you get some bruises so you can put them on fle- – it's kind of like flexing. I, I Flexing is kind of just about your ego and whatever. And it's like, hey, live your own dream. But I am way more interested in the reaction of my partner. I'm way more interested in the connection that I have with my partner than whether or not they have bruises. Sure, we can poke the bruises and they're fun and whatever, but it's it's not the center of what I'm doing. And if right. and if my partner and I have a level of intimacy and connection together, then the trophy is we both were together in this process. Mm-hmm. So it, when people are just like, it's about the bruise, I need to mark, bruise, bruise, then I'm kind of like, oh, well, go play with fucking anybody, you know, or go yeah. just back into a wall, you know, a bunch of times and then say, look what I did. So yeah, the connection's more important. Yeah, I think it's more important. Surely not, you know, and what, whatever, if that's your, if your kink is the bruises, then, then absolutely that's fine. It's not my kink. I don't, I like a clean canvas. Mm-hmm. Every time I play, like I've played with people that bruise a lot, mm-hmm. especially in the early days when I wasn't even in the lifestyle. I had someone that uh, she used to come over and be like, you know, beat the crap out of me. And I'd spank her with these heavy paddles she would bring and she would just bruise, bruise, bruise. And I just found I didn't want to hit those the next day because I was afraid I was like yeah. doing damage, or, you know, damage on top of damage on top of damage. And, and that brings us to the point of the risks. Yes, well, like I touched on before with the aspirin and the alcohol, anytime you're going to have a bruise, you're going to run the risk of doing permanent damage. You're hitting muscle. You're hitting nerves. You could possibly even hit bone depending on where you're hitting. You obviously never want to strike somebody where there's bone laying close to the surface like the spine, the joints, the, the ribs, and what have you. It's just some of these bruises can lead to what's called hematomas where it's just collections of blood under there. Those can be painful. Those can be semi-permanent sometimes even have to be surgically removed because it just leaves this lump there that just never goes away that's not hot yeah i mean and especially even with people you know i know people that don't bruise very easily but you can feel those bruises a lot of bruises can be not apparent on the skin they actually do this in domestic violence cases in the the training i did in the forensic uh, medical examiner's office They're, they can use a uv light and you can actually light up bruises easier than with the naked eye so just because your skin looks pristine doesn't mean you're not going to have bruising underneath and if the bruising goes too deep that's when you can start having problems when it's all done for fun and everything i i love 
I love that people love their trophies and they're proud of it and their accomplishments. But there are sure some things you got to look out for. Yes. And in general, it was a good excuse for me to write the magic. <laughs> bruises, bruises. Sing along. Pretty, 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 pretty bruises. <laughs> oh, and I got one more little tip. Give it. Okay, so actually my friend Catitude is the one who gave me this. Um, if you apply heat after a scene, your bruises will actually come out better. And if you think of the physics real quick, the, the heat will bring the blood to the surface and cause the bruises to expand and look darker. So either sitting on a heating pad or aftercare, a very nice heated towel. But the tip she gave me is coming home from the dungeon, if you have heated seats in your car, turn them on and sit them on the way home. And your bruises look so much better. Pretty, 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 pretty bruises. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know, let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Enigma. Yes, a boogie. It is wonderful to talk to you. Ah, 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 we will ah. talk one, two, three, four times today. Four ah, times ah, today. Ah. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I just did for my buddy on the station, the mystery station. I just got to do a Bella Lugosi like year round Halloween store. So I got to talk Halloween. I got to be a vampire in a radio commercial. <laughs> that was actually pretty fun. I just did that. So That's now awesome. I'm in this mood. I don't think we should do this entire segment like this. No, this voice would get very disturbing after a while. <laughs> very. But I was like, what if I was like I they hired me at that store to just show up and be fat Dracula? <laughs> I am fat Dracula. How are you all doing? And just insult people all day and just talk shit and pick up on girls and say inappropriate things. It would be amazing. Well, it, it, You'd be like, um, th- there's every year around Christmas, somebody dresses up as, as the Grinch and just uses it as an excuse to be an asshole in public. And <laughs> That's um, me. yeah, yeah, you would just do that as Dracula. That would be great, fat Dracula. So, little lady, are you interested in eternal life? Probably, <laughs> probably more like three minutes, but either way, pretty good. Those would yeah. be my. The my Dracula joke. Maybe we should just talk about you. That's what we should do. <laughs> How are you well, doing? I, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh, my my partner and I have been able to meet up a couple times since the last time we spoke, and um, yeah, we've been having some good times. I I love. Are you squeezing noises. the titties? I am squeezing the titties and the pussy. You squeeze the pussy together. Do you make well, it talk? Mama, mama. Chicks uh, love that when you do that, by the way. Right. Well, when you when you squeeze the nipple and like you hit the G spot at the same time, you actually take a screenshot. So, um, so yeah, I've been, I've been doing that. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, it is yeah. good that you are in the holes. Uh, also, also, I was listening to the podcast a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to to kind of com- commiserate commiserate with you about uh, nipple sensitivity. Um, and my mine are pretty sensitive. Like I have to be careful about what kind of shirts I wear because they'll like uh, rub against it, and then my nipples will be like, like I like nipple play, but like there's there's a level of like you know like those like a uh, jersey type material. Like oh, I can't wear those for too long, or like oh my god, it's and just then, it's just awful. Ah, uh, and then you got to get like duct tape and paper towels to create like a like a 
buffer zone around it. Yeah, you must have heard that episode. Now I know what you're talking did, about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I, I, horrible. I like, it's horrible. And like I, I have some pasties because occasionally I work with models that like don't want to show bits and stuff. And so like sure. I've even considered when I've been wearing those shirts, it's like maybe I should put a pasty on and just like that would be amazing. <laughs> but you could just like yeah. put like little like I'm here slogans and little happy faces. <laughs> Exactly. And then you just have to wear a shirt that's see-through so people can be like, is he wearing pasties? Yeah, yeah. Yes, that I am. Be, that would be amazing. I would totally do it. <laughs> I'm just worried that even the pasty would be too sensitive. That's why I create, like, the whole, like, catcher's mask <laughs> fucking, like, literally, that's what it is. It's a catcher's mask over my nipple. If I could just get mm-hmm. a little bitty, like, bra that had two catcher's masks on it <laughs> and wear that, I'd be, like, totally protected and feel super happy about my nipples. Don't touch my nipples, Enigma. We'll just make it a deal between both of us if we ever become gay for each other. Just no okay. nipples. Just no No nipples. nipples. Understood. Boy, did I sure put a visual in some listener's head right there. <laughs> it's just a batch of not pretty. Oh, look, it's a fat guy in a Dracula outfit with two catcher's masks over his tits trying to have sex with a guy in a kilt. Okay. I'm sure there's a fetish group for it somewhere. Uh, it, rule 34, if, there, if there's something, there's porn of it. Absolutely. So let's move into something equally as awkward. <laughs> what is our what is our little discussion about today, fellow well, soon our... to be not imaginary gay person? Yes, uh, ma- yeah, imaginary gay people. Um, so uh, our article today uh, again comes from EricaLust.com, and this is a the article is entitled "Men, It's Time to Start Experimenting with Toys." Uh, men in general are big fans of tech and, and of sex, but there's not a lot of crossover uh, between the two in general. Uh, out of the global sex market, 52% of women have reported using a toy during masturbation, while only 23% of men do the same. Mm. Uh, a big problem is that most men just don't know what they're missing, at, m- missing when it comes to sex toys. Uh, one of the issues with toys is just the perception of how the sexes masturbate. With women, it is it is a whole kaleidoscope of choices and are usually met with posit- positivity about reclaiming their sexuality. Hell, there's even parties for women to get the toys. Yes, indeed. But with men, but with men, it's about jacking off. Just a party with no pants. Yes. Toys can only yeah. So toys can only give you a uh, release, but they can help. Toys can not only give you release, but they help you get in touch with aspects of your sexuality that you may not have thought to try before which can translate to play with your partner after learning what you have learned with the toys on your own, on your own body. You can start with traditional <laughs> masturbation. What? I'm sorry, honey. I've decided I'm a vegetable sexual. <laughs> I'm into cantaloupes with holes in them and how we're going to incorporate that into our bedroom. Just get the catcher mask. And uh, here we go. Well, honey, I'll get the catcher's mask if you get all of the the lovely latex, latex balloons. Because I've learned that I really like playing with balloons. So, do you do you masturbate with balloons? I don't personally, but I I do remember that being, uh, I think it was the HBO series like Strange Sex or something. Sure. And they they interviewed somebody who 
they got sexually aroused and like their house was just full of those like rubber rubber balloons. Oh yeah, that's like a dude balloon fetishes are like a big yeah. deal yeah. and it's for some people mm-hmm. it's about the anticipation of it popping when you're rubbing it on your skin cuz balloons pop right. and they'll scare right. the shit out of you and or get you excited. And then there's some that just like the feeling. But when you're a kid, that's how you learn to suck a titty is by fucking filling up a water balloon and then making out with it. Am I the only one that's done that? I doubt you're the only one that's done that, but I did not do that as a kid. No. Yeah, dude, that's how you learn to suck a titty, motherfucker. <laughs> you fucking fill a water balloon, and then you just sit there and you suck it in your mouth, and then people think you're just a dumb kid, but you're really like, yeah, because like the little end, the little you know receptacle at the end, you know, it's kind of like a nipple, and then you, right, you know, right, right. You learn how to not bite <laughs> because <laughs> otherwise, oh my god, I broke your titty. But proceed, Enigma. Sorry. Sorry to distract. Balloons are off. Sorry. Now now I just have a vision of, like, biting into a titty and it just, like, floods my face with and water. it floods your face. Um, you're like, oh, I hope that was saline and not uh, yeah. <laughs> silicone. Sorry about the implants. Okay. Whoops. So, so you, can, you can start with traditional masturbation sleeves. Think fleshlights or something similar. That's usually what's advertised towards men. And then work your way up from there. Uh, why not invest in your orgasmic pleasure to get it even more? Help yourself and maybe help, maybe even help others. Um, a great place is to find a one, a local sex shop that's nearby you. Um, you, you kind of want to do your research. Some of them are just like they're just pop up shops that just they just sell the shit. But then you have places like here in LA, we have a shop called the Pleasure Chest, and they actually will have classes and they actually ha- specifically hire people who have some sort of experience or education in the products. And so they'll be able to help you get more, you know, you'll get more uh, information than you would just traditional. On-hand information, yes. Well, this is an interesting topic. Um, I have a couple, I have a lot of thoughts about male (laughs) sex toys. And I also have a thoughts about, I don't think... I mean, other than maybe some of the social stigmas of not being macho, because guys have been made fun of for fucking blow up dolls for 50 years. That's right. just, you know, that's been like, he's got a blow up doll. That's his girlfriend. Because it's like an emasculating thing. Like, you can't get a chick. You have to fuck a cantaloupe or a blow up doll. But mm-hmm. even in the recent times we have a lot of exposure that they're fleshlights we all know about fleshlights you can go online and go to dr doe's channel on youtube and there's an amazing she does a really thorough like how to make literally 30 different fifis which is like a jack-off toy like a fleshlight like you take a uh, a paper a, a cloth Duh. I'm like really having problems. I'm like making little <laughs> rubbing motions in my hand. Like that's going to help me. You take a cloth and then you put a surgical glove in it and you roll it up and you tape it uh, with a toilet tube in it. And then you pull the tube out, you shoot lube in it. And that's your, your port of vagina. You know, there's, right. there's a million things that people can do. But I think another thing that was mentioned in the article was the amount of time. I think you might've just said it that the female orgasm can last up to 20, 30 seconds. And the male orgasm lasts about three seconds, three to three to five seconds. The average male orgasm. If you're into anal stuff, which I forget his name, we did a whole thing on uh, prostate and whatever that obviously can be a much more thorough body experience for some people. But I think in general, the reason guys don't, and surely the reason I don't use a lot of toys 
um, is because I just want to jerk off for 20 seconds before I go to sleep. You know, right. I'm not into the, you know, my sex isn't about, you know, my thing. It's about creating the thing with my partner. So that's why I've never really had. And unless you're really into anal, which I'm not into, I fucked myself with dildos before. And it just, it feels like kind of like you're rubbing an elbow. It says not doesn't really do anything for me. <laughs> and I got a hemorrhoid right. for four days and it was fucking awful. And I said, okay, Ooh. not going to do that again. That was yeah. a no win situation. So I think if you're not into anal and prostate stuff, it's really, it's, it's work. And most guys I think are just lazy. Yeah. Well, but the, and it's also like, I mean, there, there's the, the stereotype of for men, for men, it's like a joystick and for women, it's like, uh, you know, space control. Like there's right. a lot more, uh, that's, it's that stereotype of that. And I think if that's what you're into, like, I, I also have like, you know, jerk off to sleep or jerk off. Cause like I wake up and I'm like, well, I have to take care of this now. But I, I think for, for me personally, like I do use a masturbator, um, sometimes like it's definitely not on all the time sort of like, situation. what does it do? What is it? What does your masturbator do? Is it just a flashlight or a, so I, I no, it's not a flashlight because I I've tried flashlights and for me they're workout and okay. I don't want I don't want like my my enjoyment time to be a workout but I do have like it, it's a just it's kind of one of the the just traditional like silicone masturbation sleeves like you can just hold it and that's what I use and it it adds it adds sensation that my hand doesn't do um there it they the the ribs for my pleasure that are inside of the sleeve do add some interesting like do things like around the head of the of the penis that like really add to that sensation um and you have to use something uh, you definitely have to use lube um the the silicone does yeah it's it's definitely something that you'll need to use lube with uh water-based is always as we've talked about a lot um because the easier to clean the silicone it's easier to clean, but it's also uh, the the oil based stuff can um, affect the the silicone of the toy sometimes. Sure. Um, but yeah, I use that, and then sometimes I I bought this was months ago. I bought a uh, magic wand that you know we're we're all familiar with, and like I was like, oh, what what did this will do? And like I stuck it under my balls, and I was like, oh, that's what this does. Y'all, and it was actually gives you a free like, hand. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well, it's not my free. Like, I, 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 I have good thighs, so um, I just like, <laughs> s- I just you stick just... it under there and and clamp it and like hold it in between my thighs, and it works out. Um, so you like the sensation? So it's like basically like a chick sucking your balls and really, 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 really fast <laughs> while you jerk off. Well, sucking my balls and humming really really yeah <laughs> yes exactly they're motor how's that nipples. for your visual <laughs> just let me get my catcher mint nipples <laughs> <laughs> hang on just... bro hang on hang on <laughs> sorry i just got a thing in my throat shave your pubes for anybody who wanted a visual of of boogie and i going at it there you go that's what's gonna look uh, like yeah yeah that's what's gonna look like so yeah so that 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 that's what i like to do when when I'm doing a kind of more like I'm I'm wanting to enjoy the time as opposed to just just get off, um, but again that's that, that's definitely not on every time sort of situation. Um, but yeah, that that's 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 what I get into when I use toys on myself. 
Well, see, now, as you get older, here's here's what I'm getting to. Like I said, okay. um, my orgasm doesn't feel like that much. Like, rarely is it something that I'm like, hey, that was great. It's usually just, like, pretty good. And then you're like, all right, fucking blah, blah, blah. And then I just get all mopey, you know, because all my <laughs> hormones are all fucked up now. And then that's right. why I usually just do it before I go to sleep. But I am... There is a thing that some as you get older, sometimes it takes you longer and longer, especially if you're not super turned on. And I'm doing it like to avoid prostate cancer kind of thing. You know, I'm trying to just shake, you know, whatever off my fucking prostate, you know, because they say if you masturbate more often, it's like a 50 percent less likelihood of developing prostate cancer. If you masturbate like three, four times a week, whatever. Um, Right. Whatever. You know, I don't know whether it's new or not, but it's a good motivation. So sometimes it's just very mechanical. I should do this. Um, And I realize that I'm going to give myself a fat man heart attack trying to get there. So I'm going harder and harder. And now I found I'm like palpitating and I'm not breathing right. And and I'm like, geez, I'm going to fucking my chest is going to explode just trying to nut. So I'm like, this may be the time to invest in one of like those blowjob machines where it just like kind of does it for you and can go pretty fast. Uh, and that's fine. I haven't, uh, I haven't found that machine. If you want to sponsor good old perverted podcast and, uh, send me one of those, I will, I will attack that in storage, which by the way, I don't know if I said that I am recording this in my storage unit on hotspot right now for the first time, I think. Congratulations. Thank you. It seems to be working, You're welcome. but, uh, it's working but, so far so far, but yeah, I kind of. And once again, it's like that whole the mess thing. It's like if you jerk off, you know, you roll over, you squirt onto a fucking paper towel, you squeeze the tip of your dick a few times, you go to bed. You know, when there's lube, now you got it's all over your hands and you got to get it to where if you don't get it good enough, it's going to get on your sheets and then blah, 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 blah. So I think you really kind of have to be in that zone, like you said, not every time, but. Once in a while, you're like, I'm just going to you know, take myself on a little date and, uh, you know, get myself all gussied up for myself and uh, <laughs> go to Jack in the Box and get four tacos instead of two and a Jumbo Jack and uh, <laughs> say some nice things to myself in the mirror. You sure do look pretty tonight, Boogie, and go home to my car <laughs> and mm-hmm. pull out a Fifi, I guess. Oh, there but, you go. There you go. But I think, I mean, I think it's important that you take away, because I mean, there's fleshlights, lube toys, sex dolls, and of course the sex dolls can go all the way up to a $10,000 fucking human replica, which is creepy as fuck to me, especially the torsos. Sometimes they're like, well, if you don't have the full 5000 for a real doll, for $79, you can just buy this torso of a human being. <laughs> Like, literally, it's just a vagina with cut-off legs and an asshole and, then like, a part of the abdomen. And you're mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. are you training me to be a serial killer or something? <laughs> like a necrophiliac serial killer? I don't see how that... Uh, no, that's a little weird to me. But, hey, you know, as long as it's not a real person, I would rather you use that than go right. hurt people. Right. But uh, yeah. grapefruits, obviously vegetables... Um, are real easy because they're super cheap and you can hollow them out, put on a condom, squirt some lube in, do it. Please, you know, throw it in your garbage disposal or, you know, 
just uh, you know compost it. Yeah, compost it. You know, all of a sudden, I remember there was these guys in this weird band when I was on a radio when I was on K Rock, and uh, they were like so weird. They're an indie band. They never had a big hit, but they were indie, and they were like really into weird. They'd like gang bang blow up dolls together, and then they had this like thing where they all said that we're gonna grow a cucumber tree, and they all like shared a cucumber, and I'm like, uh, and then planted it. And to see if it grew a, a human DNA cucumber tree. <laughs> I don't That's, think it works. Cause I, I don't, don't think, think it works that way, but yeah, yeah, I don't think little human cucumber babies would be big sellers. No. And I also think like the cum would just like fertilize it a little bit, but like not in the, the fertilizing of, Egg yeah, sort of way. But you never know. I mean, if you, you never leave know. some of the you cucumber know. seeds in there, you got three dudes sharing it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're visualizing it. Oh, man. <laughs> I am not into dude stuff. I'm not into my cum, let alone fucking right. three. That's why I love sluts. I love sluts. I would love to just every day of my life just, are you a slut? You That's great. Let's go fuck. But it's just... Mm-hmm. A, can we just do it when there hasn't been a another dude there? It's not you. It's not slut shaming. It's it's just I know if you're a slut, then that means you have come, and uh, I just want to rinse that out. So I want my mm-hmm. own cucumber enigma. If we become lovers, I just want my own cucumber. You can and have you can, your own cucumber. You can have your own cucumber, or maybe you could do a cantaloupe, or you know, if you feel really adventurous, a watermelon. But I feel like mm-hmm. you would just mm-hmm. crush because watermelon the inside is so crushy. Like, yeah. I think you'd give it yeah. a couple thrusts, and all of a sudden you'd be like, I broke this bitch. <laughs> Something like that. This is what we talk about on this show, Enigma. It is. This is exactly what we talk about. But I think in general, what is the uh, what is the end game here, Enigma? Wrap it up for us. So I think the end game for this is, I think men in general, like, if you haven't experimented with toys, like there are cheaper routes to go. Like the one that I, the the toy that I use, it's under $20. You can get it online. They have ones like that. So like my recommendation for any guys who are listening or par- partners who have guys who maybe are a little hesitant about toys, try a cheaper option, see what it does. And if you enjoy it, then maybe you can invest in the, the more expensive. You can try out the fleshlights. You can try out all of that. But I think if you haven't tried it, it's it's a very non-invasive way to potentially change your change your sex life for the better and i think that's that's something worthy of investing in here here enigma and if our kids want to get a hold of us how do they contact us well they can find us on instagram at perverted podcast they can find us on twitter at perverted pcast and then we are on fetlife there's both a group and a page just search perverted podcast That is the end of show 354, even though it took us a while to get started, and we actually didn't think we were going to. We have reached the end. Please don't forget to visit us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. Consider becoming a supporter of the show by contributing just $5 a month. And don't forget, you can always talk to Boogie and I by emailing us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or stopping by our FetLife profile entitled Perverted Podcast. Kathy, it has been a delightful and wonderful show of all sorts of magical topics. <laughs> and I am thinking about Brofinger all the way back. 
all the way back, Kathy. One day, oh one day you'll get desperate enough for me. One day. <laughs> like to, like to thank our glorious show sponsor, Headley. And of course, we are in the market for other sponsors. If you would like to sell a product, we'd like to help you do that. Contact us at pervertedpodcastgmail.com. And Kathy, thank you. <laughs> Just thank you. For calling you a coward. For call- I'm not a coward. <laughs> How many names have I called you throughout this show? <laughs> it's like a sign of love to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, you're a masochist. It means you love me. I apparently am. We'll see you guys on the next show. Okay, bye-bye. Cannot stand